Today on The Breakdown, two for the price of one, extra, extra, hear all about it. Not only are we going to talk about the biggest pot in broadcast poker history, talk about the strategy and stuff that went along with that, but also we're going to be breaking down a hand from the Win WPT Championships, one of the events there. There's four players left, and holy macaroni, surprising things just might happen. Let me say that. And, you know, with all the money that's in play, bro, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. But there's going to be money. There will be discussions. <laughs> there, will be <laughs> there will be things considered and things left behind. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to get to it right now in The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> I think you just defined Ivy League schools. Thank you. Yeah. That's a compliment. There's going to be money. There's going to be discussions. There's, there's going to be, be things considered and things left behind. Yeah. Also marriage. I feel like that I also just defined marriage pretty, pretty deeply. Yep. Marriage and Ivy League schools. Who knew? Same thing. If you're good at one, you're probably good at the other. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if you're good at Ivy League school, whatever that means. Well, what does being good at marriage mean anyway? Not getting divorced, but also still being happy? How would that be? No, if, you, if you're only good with one person when you're married, I would say you're not good at marriage. So you're good if you... That's a fluke. That's, like, that's anecdotal. So you, you need to do it several if times. You have 10, if you have 10 marriages, yeah. that, then you're good at marriage. I, yeah, so there's two ways to do that. One is to just get divorced regularly. And it isn't because you're not good at marriage. It's because and, the marriage is going poorly. Yeah. It's because you're, you're trying to show something yeah, here. You're just, yeah. That's something to prove. The other way to do it, though, is to just be a bigamist. You yeah. got a bunch of marriages. It's like spinning those plates. You're spinning a whole bunch of plates. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. You're good at marriage. You're Bill Paxton in Big Love. I have not seen it, but I've heard it's good. I mean, you know, you don't need to see it. Okay. He, he's dead. I know. Thanks for ruining my day, but I know. Yeah. They're going to make a sequel to Twister now that he's dead, by the way. What the fuck is that about? They were just like, we need to recast this guy, but it's too awkward. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it was more like, Bill Paxton wants too much money, so we're not going to make a sequel to Twister until he dies. And then he just coincidentally happened to die of like old age or... Ah, uh, yes, or the classic Twister conspiracy theory. Everybody knows that one. People are talking about it like behind the scenes in people, Hollywood. People are talking. Yeah. So I think I need to address x extra again. Oh. You've done this before. I like it. And you don't like it? It's just... I remember, it, whether it was in our daily conversation or the podcast, I don't remember, but you claim strongly that that's what they used to say, not extra, extra. The little, the little kids who were like the paper boys. Yeah. Extra, extra. So I'm, Everyone, ex, no, there was a point, it was supposed to be extra, extra, but they were so bad at speaking, <laughs> they said extra, So extra. I'm, I'm wondering if this is a widely held <laughs> viewpoint or if this is a Jonathan Levy thing or is it like a Berenstein Bears thing where some people are like, what the hell are you talking about? And some people are like, well, of course they said extra, extra. Mm, you mean Baron, Berenstein Bears or exactly. Baron Stern Bears? Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's more like when people jokingly refer to that, they do it like extra, extra. Hey, ma'am, you're, you know, they, they do that voice and they say extra, extra. I, I'm sure it happened a little, but probably not a lot. Okay. So, way to stamp all the joy out of that fucking moment. I just wanted to explore. Mm. Like, I seek to understand. You, you explored that the way Jacques Cousteau explored the underwater is cave. Is this a callback? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is. I'm using the, the card. I'm playing the card again. Wow. I played it. I didn't like how it went last time. I'm playing it again. Yeah, even though you're not supposed to play it The twice. underwater cave city of... It's like you're like a player in a high-stakes game who found an extra time bank under the rail, mm -hmm. and you're like, maybe I can use this and they won't notice. Yeah. You know? You're one of those. 
And they're like, that's your fifth time bank. I'm like, is it? It looks like a time bank that I hold on to and put in the pot. So what are you talking about? Okay, Someone should have said something beforehand. And then if that doesn't all work, you just give them one of these. You go. (coughs) (laughs) All callbacks today. (laughs) It's callbacks to last Thursday's show, right? Last Thursday, last Monday. Monday. Monday's show. Is it Mondays? It's Mondays. Okay. Monday show. Just the other day. Yeah. Who knows what what day it is, is, Time is strange. It's fluid. Yeah. Speaking of the, what is it, Berenstern or Berenstein? How, what are yeah. the two? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I if, believe. Uh, you know about the viral Seinfeld episode Reddit thread about that? Yes, I do. I do. Where someone like wrote a thing and people are like, I feel like I've seen that. Right, right. So somebody said they have all of the Seinfeld DVDs. This is like eight years ago. Yeah. And they had remembered a particular episode and they described the episode. I don't remember how they described it, but it sounded like a Seinfeld episode. You know, there was some miscommunication and a very small stake situation occurred and there was humor. Um, And it it sounded like, oh, that could be an episode, but I don't remember it. But within the Reddit thread, there's like hundreds, if not thousands of people saying, yes, I remember this episode. Probably not thousands. Yeah. Maybe not hundreds. There's a lot. Maybe not hundreds. Maybe, Maybe like 12. I think there was a lot. That's a lot. 12 and, is a lot. Uh, so the question there is, is that just people coming together to, to fuck around? or No, I don't think so. You think people really are tricking themselves into remembering something that didn't happen? Or, or there's another answer to there that. Was there was an episode that aired on TV that was never put into like any DVD box sets or streaming services. Or, that's good, keep going. Multiverse Unravel. theory. Uh, there we go. Unraveling that thread a little more. No multiverse, but... We were, it was erased from our brains by the quote government <laughs> or the quote aliens. Is, or that, the is quote, that what you believe? The quote scientists. But some of us still have remnants of it. Because in all the movies, some people kind of remember anyway, yeah. right? It could be any of those things. It's unclear. I think there's different levels of likelihood on yes. those things. It's probably more likely the, the memory erasing thing. Right, because you, saw, you saw Men in Black. I mean, there's a lot of memory erasing technology out there. And to claim there isn't is dumb. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but the multiverse thing is reasonable, too. <laughs> Having said that, I mean, there, if there's a multiverse, there's infinite multiverses. <laughs> and if there are, then of course this would have happened somewhere. And if that's the case, then all it takes is some sort of weird cross-contamination Right, setup. that's all it takes. That's all it <laughs> and takes. now it's like some of us have experienced it and some of us haven't. I don't know. Also, quantum immortality could play into this if yeah. there's a multiverse. Oh, you used on. to be all over quantum immortality. It's, it's a wonderful way to think about the world because you can't die. <laughs> it's great. You Until know? your ultimate death. Well, yeah, sure. Fine. But like... Yeah. You get you get to live the longest of all the Jonathan Levies out there. I get I, this is this is the longest version of it because I because ultimately I am all Jonathan Levies, I guess, right? So or unless I'm Jonathan Levy Prime, the one who's going to live the longest. So the then, way. really, but there I'm not. Is no multiverse if you boil it down. Everything what? is kind of occurring concurrently. Yeah, and every person is every version of themselves. No, that's not no. There's a multiverse, but then when you die, you, your consciousness flips from this dimension or whatever you want to call it to another one of you yeah that but so but that one keeps going that's still people there living their lives getting on the bus having sandwiches you know Hmm. very provable theory right now maybe it isn't but that doesn't mean in you know give it a few weeks bitch (laughs) i don't know i don't know why i said that yeah um you know some some of the world's greatest scientists might just prove you wrong Mm -hmm. about it not being provable i don't think elon's doing a whole lot right now (laughs) <laughs> it's like stepping down. Yeah, from I was just the thinking Twitter about. Ship. I was just thinking about how around when you were 
saying stuff about that theory more frequently. That was back when less was known about Elon and mm. people might have thought a bit higher of him in general. Mm. Um, and he was saying that the cars will be self-driving in two years yeah. every year and yeah. they still aren't. Yeah. So maybe it's like the self-driving car, you know? You can hope. <laughs> you can hope. But they keep saying the multiverse prov- provabilityness <laughs> will be in two yeah. years and it keeps getting pushed back. Now they're saying it's 10 years. I don't know. I'm thinking it's 30. Yeah. And I'm annoyed. Mm. That's okay. I'll still be here in 30 years to experience that. It is very disappointing, the whole self-driving car thing, because there was a point like 2014 when I really believed that we were getting close like because of people like Elon Musk saying they were getting close. And at that time, I believed him. (laughs) I was like, oh, maybe he really knows what he's talking about here. He owns Tesla. It was reasonable to think that he knew what he was talking about. But it turns out it doesn't seem like he did. No. Oh, well. Hey, um, another thing happened. In huh? the world. Oh, I guess we got to talk about that. Alan then. Keating played a hand All right, let's on uh, Hustler Casino. Yeah, so Live this is not the breakdown hand. We're not going to really go street by street and break it down, but we're going to talk about it because it's notable for multiple reasons. Um, one is that it's the biggest pot in American televised poker history. That's the main reason. Yeah, there have been bigger ones in Triton stuff and that mm. occurred in different countries. Right. Um, that's right. Because they're, played a they're playing like pot. 3K, 6K. You know, it's hard to have a pot as big as a pot's going to be in a 3K, 6K game when you're not playing those stakes. Yeah. What are the stakes are even playing in? Uh, this, this one uh, is, it's hand? a 400, 800 game yeah. um, that has a straddle up to 3,200. Yeah. So it's big. It's big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not a surprise that Alan Keating was involved in the biggest no, pot. No, it's not. Uh, he is the winner of the biggest pot and yet is still one of the biggest, if not the biggest loser on the stream, right? Having only played seven times. He is, in fact, the biggest loser on Hustler, in Hustler Casino Live on the stream. I have it right in front of me. He's down $1.5 million, a little bit more than that, actually. Um, to, give, to put that in some level of perspective, he's played seven sessions. The biggest winning player in the history of the stream is Garrett Edelstein, 53 sessions. $1.53 million. He's up, while Keating is down $1.54 million. He's down more than Garrett's up, and he won this hand. That's the biggest one in history. Yeah, he won. We're about to talk about. He won over half a million dollars in this hand. Uh, it wasn't a lot more than half a million? No. The pot itself was $1.2 million. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, you're saying, oh, right, he profited. Yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 600 k or whatever in that yeah. hand, and still, he's the biggest loser. Like, wow. So let's talk about the other thing here, which is it's the, the nut blocker play. Yes. And like, this has been a, a thing that people talk about and use in high level poker a lot. It's like when you block the nut flush on an unpaired board, it's the best time to bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you react to good players when you have the second nut flush? And, and when should you use the nut blocker player? The questions that arise from this hand, in which, to give a quick recap, hands open, the button got called by all three potential opponents. Bet on the 10-6-5 two-spade board with ace-seven with the ace of spades. So just kind of nothing going on. Um, Keating called with the king-deuce of spades. The turn was a four, so Hans picked up an open-ender, and Keating picked up a gut shot to go with his flush draw. Hans bet again, Keating called. And Hans bet big, right? Yeah, he bet big. Um, the river was another spade. It brought in the straight flush. It was a seven of spades. So mm-hmm. Hans made, uh, paired a seven. Um, so the eight-nine of spades would be, yeah. the true, would be the actual nuts. Yeah, yeah. right. Or just the nuts. As so uh, like I guess we should ask if that's a reason not to make the the nut blocker play. Hmm. If like obviously a paired board is a reason not to. Yes. But is a straight flush being possible a reason not to? Huh. That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, it's at least something to consider. Okay. So what happens on the river? Maybe it's important to make sure we. So Keating just leads, having right. never taken an aggressive he get, action. He hits the he hits the flush and he, and he, he leads big. 
You like 145 or something? It was whatever it was. It ended up being something like 80% of pot. Okay. Yeah. And, and Hans used the nut blocker and made the play. He moved in for 300K more. It's, I mean, it's cool. So, okay. So the first question you're saying is, yes, is, is the 8-9 of spades being out there and certainly being part of Alan's range? Yeah. Is that a problem? Okay, it should be at least a little bit of a problem, right? Yeah. Like, well, that should slow us down a little bit, that we don't actually have the, the true nut blocker. Like, having the nine of spades is the true nut blocker, right? Yeah. Um, but that said, I don't think Allen's ever in a million years folding the ace high flush either. Right, so it's a better blocker if we want to get the bluff through more frequently. Um, than the because, nine, yeah, than because cause it's any ace, it's ace x of yeah. spades versus the nine eight of spades, yeah. exactly. Now, the nine eight of spades, however, does play well as, you know, like, like, what other nine of spades does, does Alan have? I guess jack nine of spades, maybe. Yeah. That's it, probably, right? I mean, he called out of the straddle. Mm. So he could have, and he's Alan Keating. Oh. So it's queen nine of spades, too, yeah. Probably a lot of, he probably has nine deuce of spades. Why not? He's okay. Uh, maybe you're right, yeah. Anyway, the point is, that I'm getting to is, so that should slow us down a little bit. At the same point, if we have move-ins here, which, of course, we do when we have the eight nine of spades as hands, or, by the way, I think we have to move in with the nut flush anyway, yeah, don't we? Yeah, I think we? so, yeah. Like, we just have to? I think so. Um, so if we're going to be doing that, then we need to have some bluffs, too. Otherwise, people can always fold their king high flushes, which yep. we don't want. We don't want them to always fold worse hands, because how can we ever get value? So, so then we want to be able... So if we want to have bluffs, well, this is a pretty good hand to do it with, right? Well, let me ask you this question, okay. then. Um, do we do it with every, every offsuit ace of spades? Because that feels like we have too many bluffs then in this scenario when Keating has taken such a strong line. Is Alan fucking mm. Keating? And by the way, Hans has a, an aggressive reputation. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we're always betting all turns with just the naked ace of spades. Like ah, probably because, he picked some. Up, because he picked up the open ender, I see. Yeah. So this is like this. It's the seven and the three, I think, right? Are the, um, the two open-ended yeah. spots. So those are the ones we're probably most likely to bet anyway. Yeah. My, not to say that we're not betting like ace eight with the ace of spades and maybe just the naked ace of spades sometimes too. Or ace 10 with the ace of spades, by the way. Yeah. Which is just top, top. Right. We might check that back though because we have showdown value. Yeah, and, we might. Um, so I, th- that's the real question is how, mu- how many of these, how many turn bets do we really have? Because if we don't have that many naked ace of spades turns bets, then the ace, the ace eight is reasonable again to be betting here, right? Because it's one of the ones we definitely have. And by the way, we also block the straight. Not that that should matter too much we when have we move a in. Seven. We have a seven. Oh, we have a seven. Yeah. We made the pair. Oh, we made a pair. Oh. Right, we made a pair on the river. Yeah. That's what happened, right? So the turn. Okay, I see it. I see it all now. Mm-hmm. It's clear to me now. Um, I think we need to have some bluffs, though. So the question is, what are our bluffs? What's a better bluff than a seven? Let, uh, let, let's ask I mean, that. How many bluffs do we need to have, really, as a percentage of our range when it's Alan Keating and he goes call, call, lead? Before we started recording, we were talking about this hand, and one thing you said was you can't really call against any normal player here with this. If you're Alan Alan Keating, yeah. So I would say that's a problem if you're a normal player, that you can't ever get paid off with, with the nuts, right? So you need to have some bluffs to be able to get paid off. So then if that's true, well, that's well, not sort actually, of back to my that's question. not actually true, because I'm talking from a theoretical perspective. Yeah. You know, you're playing in a game with people who don't know what they're doing a lot. Yes. Or, 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 or whales like Alan Keating. Right? True, true. So there, there are definitely players who you should never take, right. n- never take this line as hands. Of course. There are a lot of players you'd never want to have any bluffs against. Like, would you do this against Eric Person? I don't think I would. Yeah. 
I don't think I would. I'd be very sad that he. So, what's the, the difference river. between Keating and Person in your mind? I mean, I think Person is wilder and crazier. Um, I think Person also can lead River with weirder stuff. Maybe than probably Keating can. So, Person actually may be a better person to attack. Now that I think about it, than than Keating, in that way. Um, if 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 Person's going to like you know lead two pair on the river and stuff like that, and absolutely be folding. Is Keating doing that? I don't know. I don't know what the question is really. What is in Alan Keating's range when he leads the river out of nowhere? What is in his range? Is it just no idea. flushes? Can he have other things? Can he have, can he have made a straight? Can he have a set? Can he have made two pair? But he's leading because he doesn't want to go check, check? I have no idea. I don't know either. And that is the key to this, quest, to this whole question of like, how much bluff should we have, right? If he's leading with a bunch of stuff, we can have bluffs here because he's going to have to fold a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. If he's not leading much, if he's leading tight and it's basically only flushes, maybe we should have zero bluffs here. Maybe we should just be like, eh, this is no good. Because can, can we even get him to fold anyway? If he's got a flush, can we get him to fold? Well, the truth is he thought about it with King High, with the King High flush for a while. Yeah. He used he, a bunch of time banks, I think. He didn't. He didn't? Didn't uh, fold. What? <laughs> didn't fold. Oh, no, he didn't fold. Of course not. No, yeah. he called. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's an interesting question and something that like when you have, when you're holding the ace of spades, it's such like a strong card. That's like, so I, I feel like it's like you're, you're the Argonauts, you know, in the seven seas over here trying to get by that Island, but the sirens are calling to you, man. It's like, bluff it. And you just want to steer right into those rocks because this is the card that gives you f- the most license to do that. All right. I guess, I mean, Yeah. We have nine combos of the nut flush that are possible in our range. Mm. So how many combos of, of bluffs do you want to have? That's a great question. Um, I guess we get, can include eight, nine of spades for let's ten, ass- ten combos of, ba- of value. Okay. Let's assume we're going for a something like, in general, something like a two-to-one value-to-bluff ratio. Okay. So that would mean about, about five bluffs. Yeah. Um, now, maybe in practice, we don't want to have that many when Alan... When Alan Probably Keating, not against believes. one of the whales. Yeah, he's like super rich. Yeah. He doesn't really mind calling off with all sorts of weird stuff. Right. Maybe we need to have a lot less. So maybe we want to have two or three bluffs here. Yeah. So it's like almost all value. And if he calls every time in this spot, he's going to get crushed. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to have zero bluffs ever here, I don't think, against most players anyway. Well, ace seven off... And ace three off with the ace of spades kind of gets us to a little bit more than you're right. talking about, but it's pretty close. Right. Yeah, that gets us to what? That's like, because there's a seven on the, oh, the seven of spades is on the board, though. Yeah. Right. right. So ace three off is you know, three, three combos. combos of each, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so oh, like we have a seven in our hand, though, yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course we do. Yeah. <laughs> what am I talking about? It's still, it's yeah, still three it's combos same, of same. each. So that's six combos, yeah. which is like, yeah, maybe that's a little too much. Right. If we're really going for actual some level of balance or even less trying to exploitively have less bluffs right yeah so maybe so then the question is which ones do we pick which ones don't we i don't know how to answer that like we we look we flip a coin internally and you know and pick i would lean towards picking the threes because they have no showdown value that is a great point that is a great point um, now, the truth is, like, we're not calling with a race seven anyway. No. Right? So no. it doesn't really matter. And in doesn't. fact, having a seven blocks like a set and like a weird set. Or a, yeah. I mean, a weird two pair, which isn't calling anyway, right? Yeah. Maybe the set is calling once in a while if, if, we're, if we're considered a little crazy. I don't know. Keating did take a while with King Deuce of Spades. Let me say this, which I didn't mention until right now. The number two loser in all, all time on Hustler Casino Live is Hans. 
at minus 1.1 million. Now, that, and that was like mostly in this episode, right? Because he lost another really big pot, I think. He only started, he's only played four, he's played four times this month and five times total. And the other time he played that wasn't in December of 2022, he won $68,000, but he's down 1.1 million. So yes, this session, he loses almost a million dollars. Wow. And then the day before he lost about $300,000. And then the day before that, he lost a scant $65,000. I would not be returning to play poker for a little while if I were him, but it would be very hard for people me. People are different. Too. I really would take these losses pretty hard, but he just kept getting back on the horse, at least for now. His face, though, often betrays, because I've watched some of these other yeah. hands where he lost a lot of money. He looks like he looks like he's seen like his ancestors like dying. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he looks like pretty. Like, he's lost a lot of color in his face. Yeah. Like, he's been hitting the head with a frying pan a little bit, you know, in terms of just, like, he's stunned a little yeah. bit. Understandably. I mean, I've lost, where for me, big pots and cash games, and I know that feeling of yeah. being like, this sucks. <laughs> I don't like this feeling. Especially when it's something where, and this is true for all the hands I've seen any with him, all these really big pots, things where he actually didn't really have to lose it all most of the time. It isn't like a cool, it's not like set over set, or aces yeah. versus kings even. It's like, well, I had the ace-7, and I had the ace-of-spades in my hand, so of course I pulled the trigger for $455,000 more on yep. the river. You know, and it's like, I'm not saying that's a bad play, but you can sit there and be like, well, I didn't have to do that. You know, I could have kept that half a million and not be the second biggest Yeah, I loser. can't imagine how that feels. I mean, like, the last time I played poker, actually, I haven't played for a week. I really, yeah, just uh, been hanging out with the family. But mm. um, I lost a two K pot hero calling, who I thought was a spewy guy, and he turned out to have like just a slightly better hand than me that I would have never put him on. The stone worse situation. Yeah. That and is that is the ultimate it felt worst. bad, and I, like I had like a bad drive home, but then I was over it. But it's a two K pot, not a yeah one point two million dollar pot. That's really different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although maybe for hands, it feels similar to you emotionally. I don't really know. Although he looks. Pretty shell shocked a lot yeah. whenever he loses these pots. Understandably, I think I would look that way too if I lost that much money. Yeah, I give him credit for having the heart to pull the trigger. You know, you need to have the, this gear at least mm-hmm. to be a really good player. You have to, right? I don't know if he's supposed to do it against Alan Keating when Alan leads or not. And I think Alan is supposed to call against some of the field, against the field that's got any level of spewiness. In- to them or any level of... Like, if Garrett Adelstein moves in here, you have to call it the king high flush, right? Because he yeah. can absolutely do this with the ace high, with the ace of spades, for sure. Or the nine of spades, by the way. He could just do it with the nine of spades. Of the poker-playing population that you'll encounter in your live poker life, yeah. what percentage do you think this is a call against? That's a really great question. The answer's got to be... Well, you know what? There's something we didn't say, which is important to, to include it in this pool. It's the people who are going to overvalue worse yes, flushes. Yes, indeed. So that really, if I was just going for the people who are making this bluff play, I was going to say like 12%, yeah. 10%, maybe 20% at the most, probably it's less, but as more people think about this. But if we include people who overvalue worse flushes, like move in with the queen high flush here, um, or even another flush. Yeah, and um, then especially if you're playing somewhere like Vegas, which is like in Portland, it's not like the best players in the world live here, but a lot of the players are regs. So they have like a, even the players who are losing players are regs. So they have a bit more of an understanding of hand values than a tourist in Vegas, I would think. Having said that, I watch even a bunch of the Portland regs massively overvalue hands True. on rivers moving in in spots. I, I'm aghast I would to just watch guess them that, put so much money. I would just guess that as a population, yeah. the Portland poker clubs are less likely to overvalue hands okay. than a Vegas you know, lower stakes card room. Where, I mean, wouldn't it be like at least another 20 to 25% yeah. of the field? So now we're at like somewhere between like 35 and 45% of the field um, it's reasonable to call against. Yeah. So... 
you know, if it's un, if it's an unknown player, we're like, well, about half the time, it, uh, between a third and a half the time, it's right anyway to make this call. You got to start thinking like, what kind of odds am I getting here? Yeah. Like, if I don't know anything about this guy, I don't think you should auto fold against um, someone who you don't know anything about necessarily. Yeah. Um, you know, you should look at them and see: do they have a cool, a big watch on? Are they like a young kid with the, you know, with cool <laughs> stuff? Because you should call them more, right? They've got the ace of spades more well, here, or the eight of spades, or whatever. It, you know, who wears a big watch and lots of shiny, cool stuff is Johnny Chan, and you probably shouldn't call him. True, but I would probably know it was Johnny Chan anyway. Yeah, Dan Harrington also big, big watch, super blingy. <laughs> I know, I know of this. Yeah, yes, he's a bling. Master. I know of this Dan Harrington watch. I know of this Dan Harrington of. watch. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so that happened though. That was like kind of crazy. Allen does find the call, of course, and wins the biggest pot in broad American broadcast poker history. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Didn't Jason Kuhn win like a two million dollar pot in Triton uh, against Kane Callis? Maybe or it was the other way around. Kane oh. Callis had the tens, had had top set, flopped top set of tens, and Jason had ace queen. Went bet, bet, and rivered an ace and decided to go all in on the river for value. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. to call them. Um, but Jason also won a pot, I think, a little bit later than that, like an hour later, something like that, where he had like the four or five of hearts. He played, I think, against um, Eldon, not Eldon, not Elon. You oh, know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, Elton. Elton. Yeah. Elton Sang. Elton Sang, yeah. Uh, where Elton had like king seven off or king seven of diamonds and Jason... Turned everything, like had, had flopped the whole world, basically flopped all the draws and gets there on the river. But I think he actually gets a fold out of saying on the river. It's still over a million dollars. Tom Dwan also moves in for some insane amount of money against Paul Fuo with ace queen against aces and gets snapped by Paul Fuo and loses. That might be a $2 million pot also. I remember that. Ridiculous numbers. Yes. All right. Anyway, that wasn't the breakdown hand. Don't nope. worry. There's we, still, we didn't really get into the nooks and crannies. We're just talking about the whole ace blocker play in the biggest pot in the history of American televised poker. It's amazing, though, to be in these spots, like if you're Allen and you're like, does this guy ever just have the queen high flush and is moving in for value here? Because God darn it, if he does, I, I, geez, you'd hate to fold and have the guy be moving in for value. Yeah. And you, and you have the best hand. Keating is very happy he led the river, but I'm sure there were moments where he's like, why did I fucking lead? Yes. Why did Look I lead? Look what I did here. I could yeah. have just checked call the 155 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, hands did... Bet flop and turn, you know, into into three opponents on the flop. It's he can have it. It's for scary. sure. Yeah, you can have ace queen of spades right there and just flip it over, right? And you're like, ugh. All right, we will get to the breakdown hand now. Okay. After I let you know that support for the breakdown is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped. Uh oh, what's that? The the Manscaped alarm is going off. Does that mean that everybody gets a free lawnmower? No. Nope, it doesn't. It means someone somewhere's got too much air on their groin area. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> no, um, I mean, I know. No, just, I'm asking it, the audience. Oh, oh, right, yeah. If, if that's you, <laughs> then you might want to get the performance package. Um, and right now, if you use the code PokerGuys at Manscaped.com, PokerGuys, all one word, you can get the performance package for 20% off. That is a significant discount. That includes the Lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer of the future. That's what they call it. Wow. I mean, it's the fourth iteration. I mean, that's optimistic. <laughs> it's the four, it has a light on it. You can see everything, whether or not you want to. I mean, you could use your phone, right? <laughs> or maybe you want to hold a phone a in one switch? hand and the. How about what? a light switch? Just think, turn on the light, the overhead light. Am I crazy? <laughs> I don't think you, you did it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have the light. Trust okay, me. Okay, it's also right. good that it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. That's not all you get. You get the, 
the uh, a bunch of stuff for your balls, man. That's that's important too. Like you got you got ball deodorant, you got ball toner. I don't even know what that is, but it's great. Um, you get uh, a nose and ear trimmer, which I've never had before, and I do now because of Manscaped. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I have this now. It's lovely. It's a performance package. I'm very excited to have it. Grant's nose and ear hair are better than I've seen them in years. Of course, there's in a, years. There's also some nice comfy <laughs> underwear and mm. a uh, a travel bag to to carry all of your trimming needs. That underwear also makes great socks. Is that true? What do you mean? Like, have you tried it? Yeah. You cut them in, cut them up, and turn them in socks. Sew them on up, you know. Yeah, make a little booties for your booty, <laughs> your your foot booty. So, with all of this in mind, <laughs> get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code PokerGuys yeah. at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code PokerGuys. Uh oh, Grant, another one. Who to who? the Manscaped mobile? Who is it? <laughs> Eric Persons junk needs help. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry for saying that. Yeah, why did to you, everyone, why including did you do Eric Person, I'm so sorry. That was weird. I did I, I you know, I never know what's gonna come out of my mouth, and then it does, and sometimes it's regrettable. That guy is vindictive. He's coming after you now. He, you know, someone's gonna play this for him, probably, and we probably are gonna hear about it. Oh well. That was Jonathan Levy. <laughs> yeah, that was that, me. That, I'll take full full ownership for that. All right. Let us get to the featured breakdown hand. Okay. This is suggested by Beat Doot Doot on Discord. Yep. You can join our Discord. Cord. Whoa, whoa. Discard. It's like I'm uh, Scottish or it's Irish like or something. you're uh, Minnesotan. Discard. You're like you belong in the movie Fargo right now. Isn't that in North Dakota? It is, but, but a lot of the movie takes place in Minnesota, ah, actually. I see. Because the bad guys are, in, are from Fargo. I see. The, the mob. Anyway, join the Discard. And uh, yeah, you sound like William H. Macy. In that it'll movie. be fun. It'll be fun because the heck you, get you to mean? The su- heck you mean? You know what I mean? You get to suggest hands there. You get to talk <laughs> about poker, food, movies, TV, whatever. It's a fun place to be. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll see you there. Once you join, there's a link in the description. So this is the WPT Prime Championship, whatever yes. that means. It's just a marketing word, I guess. I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's like when they came with the, the millionaire maker, right? I mean, it works. Uh, People this, decide to care. This was an $1,100 buy-in. They guaranteed $2 million to the prize pool. Okay. I'll say that. I think they must have crushed that. By, uh, by 3.3 million more. It was $5.267 oh, yeah. million dollars in there. First place, 712000 But there's four players left, correct? Y- yes, that is correct. Yeah, these, this WPT at the win has been very successful. The most successful WPT series of all time, by far. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, there's never been a $4 million first prize, has no, there? No, I don't think there has. I mean, even when they were doing 25K for the Two World and a half million for first, one and a half for second. Yeah. I remember, remember Hassan Habib finishing second and being like, he couldn't believe he won over a million dollars anyway. Um, but they've all, but even in this, the, in the $1,100 buy-in, they've locked up over a quarter of a million dollars with four players left. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. 265000 in the piggy bank. And we've got uh, two players who have around 30, 35 blinds and... The other two have more like 65 blinds. Okay. Um, so nobody's really in the danger zone, but what are the payouts looking danger like? Danger zone. What are the payouts? Yeah. I'm going to tell you right I now. Thought so you, third, I thought you were the research boy. I am. I just thought it was weird that you asked that. Um, okay. Third place is 354000 so about $90,000 pay jump. Okay. Second place is 481000 so another 130 k And then first 
is where the real money starts to happen. It's seven hundred and twelve thousand, so it's like another two hundred and thirty. First K. place is where the real money starts to happen. <laughs> you know, if what you I'm don't saying. get first place, don't show up. Um, I mean, it's you know the second place finisher. I think probably slightly disappointed that yeah. you know he yeah. slash she did not win first place. Yeah, there is a woman remaining, um, but not going to play this hand. Nope. Uh, folds to Stephen Song okay. in the small blind. Tell me a little bit about Stephen Song. I will. Stephen Song has an impressive hand in mob. Okay. $5 million wow. total in earnings. That is including this one, but even without it, you can, it, does, it sort of doesn't matter where he finishes. Obviously, he's doing very, very well. He's well over $4 million, no matter what here, right? Um, he is, and the thing that's cool about his Hendon is he does, I don't think he has a single seven-figure score. It's a bunch of like half a million dollar scores. Huh. Um, a bunch of first places, some solid second places as well. Um, he finished second in the 5K six-handed event this summer at the WSOP. That is not an easy event. I know. You, you love referring to that one, sort of like whenever you talk about like the super tough events, right? That's, yeah. That's a good example of one of those. He actually, um, in October, won a 3K at the win, so it's like sort of comfortable for him to be there, perhaps. Yeah, he likes the, the air. I mean, I think he likes playing everywhere, though, because he's done very, very, very well. Okay, so he has twenty seven point eight million at mm. the eight hundred k big blind in the in the small blind, and he limps queen eight off. Okay, not much to say about that, right? Like it's you fine. could raise it, you could limp it, either are fine. Yep. Um, Alan Messica is the big blind. Yes. Let's learn a little bit about Alan. Coming into this event, Alan had seventy one thousand dollars to his hendon. Okay, so big difference. Yep. Alan is the kind of guy who is like, I'm very comfortable playing an eleven hundred dollar event, and Stephen Song is like, I'm gonna you know get in the Go on down and play with the, the dirty people. You know, I'm going to go down to the third deck of the Titanic and oh. play with Leo DiCaprio and Danny Nunez and stuff like Stephen that. Stephen Song's vacationing in, a, in uh, the lower class lifestyle and, and Alan, Alan Messica lives it. Is that what you're saying? I am kind of saying that. Alan Messica, you know, a lot of $500 buy-in, $800 buy-in type things. Stephen Song, a lot of, you know, like $5,000 buy-in type Right, things. and Alan unlikely to be a, a tournament grinding pro with 71K. It seems yeah. very unlikely. Yeah, to say the least. He's got fifty-two point seven million in front of him, so he's I mean, doing pretty well. It's going going good. He's right going to check the big blind with Queen of Hearts, Nine of Spades. Sounds fine. Yeah, sure does. The pot is two point four million. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. There's like no action in this hand, but we're doing it as a breakdown hand anyway. Well, because when there's action, it is sudden and it strikes like a cobra, and you're suddenly dead. You know, it's one of those things. Yep, you die. You actually die. It's okay to die. Yeah, for you. Yeah, as long as Jonathan doesn't, it's fine. Right. As soon as I die, it's bad for everyone else. Right. Y'all will blink out of existence. Of course. Because you're in my world. <laughs> okay. The flop is, <laughs> is a nothing for either player. Okay. It's the ace of spades, deuce of clubs, four of hearts. And I would think this is a flop that... Like, where, where do you stand on taking a stab as Steven Song or not on this flop with Queen 8? Well, Steven Song probably has more aces and better hands than Alon does, right? Yeah. I would say. Um, yep, that's kind of where I was thinking. Yeah, like, generally when it's limp to you, if you have ace-10, you're going to raise, right? But you might be limping your whole range or most of your, or even a lot of strong hands from the small blind. Yeah. But the big blind's going to raise most of their strong hands, not mm-hmm. all of them, maybe. And, of course, Alon can have some aces, but he just doesn't have that many. He has less aces, for sure. He just has, he has less pocket pairs. He has less all that stuff. Yep. 
So I think this is a pretty good board to take a shot at. The only reason not to bet really is that queen high could just be good. And we might be able to play a very small pot and just get to win sometimes, and that's fine too. Right? Yeah, but for Queen High to be good, we have to get to showdown. Right. No, we, yeah. we need to know that Alana is willing to go check, 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 check all the way down it with a with a worse hand. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. I, I would generally just bet a blind here and just see what happened. Yeah, it feels like free money to bet one blind here. Yep. Unless Alana is known to just raise all the time. Maybe that's what's been going on. I don't know. Look at the price we're getting too. Like we immediately are getting three to one because of the ante, the big yeah. blind ante. Like so we just this works 25% of the time. We're breaking even, forgetting about all future streets when we get called. We'd have to lose. We don't have to check fold on every single future street no matter what, and we'd still break even if, if he folds 25% of the time. So this is just a clear, good play. Based on, play. Based on Stephen Song's Hendon, you would guess that he has a pretty well-developed strategy for spots like this. Yeah. Um, and he does not bet. So He might be check-raising. He might be check-raising, although that seems like Way less of the printing money free play. Agreed. Because, you know, Alon could have flopped two pair or have an ace and just never be folding, whereas the one blind to just win when, when Alon didn't flop anything just feels like just taking candy from a baby. Like, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, this is probably due to some form of balance, and he's including queen eight in the checking range. I would expect most king highs are in the checking range. I'm... I'm I guess a lot of queen highs also fall in the checking yeah. range for showdown value. I guess that's just the reasoning. He may also just feel like because there was no raise preflop from Alon, there's less king highs too. So like the of the unpaired hands, he's actually good a lot. You yeah. Know? Again, how often do you really get to showdown? Maybe a reasonable amount of the time. Maybe maybe they've been playing kind of passively post flop in these unraised pots. I don't know. Maybe, but there's also equity denial to account for. There sure. Like is. When you are ahead, you would love to get six nine off out of there. Yeah. You know. I agree. But anyway. It's, it's an odd decision to me, honestly, that Steven checks, but he does. Um, Alon checks back. He could bet for all the same reasons, although I would be slightly more concerned that Steven has a hand that he's just never folding when he limps a small blind. Um, yeah, and queen nine rates to be the best hand a reasonable amount of the time, and we, it's really fine to check this, too. By the way, it's also okay to bet this, even though it works probably less than Steven song yeah. betting. It probably works enough of the time that you could bet 500 or whatever, it's, it's 400, 800, right? So 800,000 or 900,000 or something like that and just win enough that it's fine, right? Yeah. We can see that almost certainly it would work mm-hmm. if we bet. I guess we don't know what, what's in Steven Song's heart. Maybe he's check raising here. A song is in his heart. Well, a song is in his name. Oh, I see. A song is in my heart. Ah, right. Because the song is not in my name. You got, you got those things confused. What's your middle name again? Michael. That's not true. It is. It's got to be something else. I actually have two middle names. What's the other one? Um, yeah, I knew, I knew there was an embarrassing <laughs> one. <laughs> it's, not, it's not embarrassing. What it's is it? Leipzig. It's not embarrassing. It's just unusual. Yes. Is that like a Jewish traditional name or it's something? It's a family name. Okay. So not exactly, but not wildly off either. Leipzig. Son of Leib. Leipzig. Oh, so S-O-N is how it's yeah. spelled? L-A-I-B? B. L-A-B-S-O-N. Leibson. Yeah. Jonathan right. Michael Leipzig Levy. J-M-L-L. If you guys want to get me gifts, that's the one way to embroider them. And if you're going to get Jonathan gifts also, he prefers gifts that can be embroidered or even if it's not something you expect you can embroider, that you try. Oh, I need need the effort. I've actually... um, My dad has gotten me gifts that were not embroidered and and he didn't try to embroider. And he can... I mean, he could tell you that that was a big mistake. Yeah. That I I literally have thrown things into his face. Books. He gave me a a hardcover book once. I just fucking chucked it at him. Because... that's easy, you know, just, just write something, put my name there or something, you know, on the, one of the pages on the cover page, but no, 
No, the book is enough, apparently. I don't care if this is the first edition of the King James Bible, Dad. <laughs> okay, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Let's get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so it goes check, check on the Ace, Deuce, Four, Rainbow, fine, Flop. They fine, both have fine. Green High. It's fine. I would have expected Steve in the bet. Yep. The turn is the Seven of Clubs, which, you know, can hit either player randomly, but it didn't make the board any scarier as far as straights or flushes or anything. I mm-hmm. guess the flush draw now exists. And Steven checks again. This one surprises me almost as much as the first one. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, now that we, when, when Alon checks back, he may be just like not very interested in winning the pot or he may have a small showdownable hand that's not folding. So I actually think this one makes more sense as a check now that we have that information than the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Also, there's club draws that could have been picked up or, yeah. or other straight draws that could have been picked up that, that aren't folding now. We don't block any of that stuff. And we do have the eight of clubs. So we, oh, so we do. We actually do block some of and that And we block stuff. eight six. So yeah, and, you're and wrong about club, everything. Club. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. Uh, Alon checks back. I think this on this street, I'm actually more surprised by Alon's check back than Steven's initial check. I feel like every time someone checks, you say, and I'm even more surprised yeah. by this. It's just keep continually more surprising. Um, maybe they're just trying to protect some of their ranges because they're checking so off with, with like clearly one pair of hands and stuff like this, they're, and they're playing small pots and stuff. And so they like you can't only do that with hands that you know you're always calling. And yeah, so, you know, so maybe maybe that's that's my that's all I got. Otherwise, yeah. you're right. Also, I'll say this: I watched some of this this four-handed final table. Um, I think because someone suggested this and I just let it run. And so I watched some stuff and all four players were very aggressive pre and post flop, like shockingly. So even really going for it at different times um, a lot. And, and Jamie Kerstetter, who was one of the people um, doing the commentary was, was actually saying she's don't, doesn't think that she's doesn't think she's seen a final table this aggressive huh. in a long time. So it's really interesting that these guys are just like, all right, all right. Like, Fine. Maybe they've just been so aggressive that they're like, like we need a break. I'm afraid. Also, I'm afraid you're just gonna like come at me. So yeah. I want to have something, you know. And like, that's I interesting. Know. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But. Well, that's where we are. Yeah. Goes check check again. Okay. And where you are is Nitro Betting. Whoa. NitroBetting.com. Uh, there's a link in the description of this podcast to sign up for Nitro Betting, where you can play poker, you can bet sports, and you can uh, play casino games. And guess what? If you use that link, you get special promotions. Cool stuff happens in the sports betting world, and you get our monthly poker tournament, which you can't access without using that link. Yep. And you can't get the link without having the access. That's not... Well, I guess <laughs> the access to the description of this podcast. So, so if you have access to that, then you have the link. I don't know why you felt the need to explain that. It's pretty obvious. I'm very sorry. Um, so yeah, we got the, the monthly Poker Guys tournament. We got uh, good sports betting promos that are happening all the time. There was an NFL survivor pool where one of our people won $1,000 with you know a free entry. That's pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. So th- stuff like that's always getting cooked up in that nitro betting lab. In the kitchen. Yeah. They're, they're the ones behind all that lab-grown meat you've been reading about. Mm. It's nitro betting lab-grown meat. Lab-grown meat. Yeah. N- lab-grown sports betting meat. Mm. You can bet on all this stuff, you know? Hot dogs. If there's a team called the Hot Dogs, you can bet on them. There should be a team called the Hot Dogs. Are there even dog teams? Like, is there like the Las Vegas... Does a wolf count? No, I don't think it does. Why not? Because a dog is like a subset of a wolf. A subset of a wolf? Does a coyote count? No. I think a wolf is a subset of a dog. Rather than the other way around. I'm talking about domesticated pet dog types. Where are those in my sports teams? Where's the the Browns? Where's the connect? 
The Browns have the dog pound. They have the dog pound, but guess what? The Brown. Are you you big fan of dogs named Browns? Is a ra- is a raven sort of a dog? <laughs> <laughs> How about a dolphin? Yeah, Miami dolphin. That's like a sea dog. What's a knickerbocker? Is that a dog? It might be. Yeah. Um, What's a pacer? It's actually a little strange. You know, no one has like the you know the. Tell me out here, golden retrievers, the Minnesota golden retrievers. That doesn't really roll right off the tongue, though. I can see a, the pit bulls or the greyhounds or something being. A, pit bulls is good, and actually, greyhounds isn't bad either. There's probably some minor league team named that. I feel like there's got to be highlight teams named greyhounds. Right? The, the highlight teams, yeah, yeah highlight. Yeah, you throw it with the big spoon thing. Yeah, and you catch it. That ball goes so fast it could kill you if it hits you in the head. Yeah, gotta be careful. Wear a helmet, kids. Yeah, wear a helmet. Anyway, back to the hand. <laughs> Ace Deuce four seven. Right. Two clubs now. It's gone check, 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 check. It's queen eight against queen nine. I know nothing's happened yet. It's a breakdown hand, I promise. Yeah, this is going to get super interesting right about now. The river is the six of diamonds. Okay. So it brings in a couple possible straights, but they're unlikely. Uh, five, eight is a straight now. Yeah. Three, five was already a straight. So it's now a bigger straight. Congratulations. Um, Steven checks again. He's just hoping his queen high is good. You know, there's a small contingent of hands that queen high is still good against on this board. Yeah. Uh, it's not that many anymore. Nope. Elon does not think queen high is good enough to take the showdown. What do you think? Cause he's going to bet. I think we're often not winning with queen nine here at this point with this board and with the action being check, check, check. Like he didn't feel the need to bluff at any point. Yeah. Like we're probably not, we're probably no good. He's probably got his a king high or a small pair. Yeah. So, we probably don't have too much hope of folding out a small pair. We really don't. Um, it's only the, if we were to bet, we're only trying to bet out King High. Yeah, is that even going to fold? Probably. I think King High will fold. I think if if Stephen turned to seven or River to six, I think he's never folding. Never. I don't think he's folding a four either. Though, I think he would have bet, bet a four by now. I would. I would have guessed that. I mean, he could just be in bluff catcher mode though. He the could. Whole way. He could. I would expect a four or a deuce would have bet the flop or the turn a lot of the time. Maybe. I don't know. Once you check the flop and the seven comes, you're like, eh, I guess yeah. I check. Getting called isn't, the continuing range isn't great. And then the six comes, you're like, eh, let's, let's, let's induce. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Also, it's fine. If it goes check, check, he gets to see that I have a pair and I never bet. And like, that makes it harder for him in the future. That's okay. So even if you believe that queen high is frequently not good, you still think maybe it's a bad idea to take a stab? I think it's questionable. Yeah. If we can really only beat king high, that's going to fold. Is a deuce really going to fold if we bet? Near pot, if we bet big, I don't know, man. If we bet two blinds, basically, or two and a half blinds, is, is, it, is it any pair going to just fold? I don't think so. And then I don't think we should bet. If we're only trying to now, because we actually do have a queen in our hand. If we're only trying to fold out king eyes, which is all is I think Is it we're worth doing do. something like betting four million into 2.4? Oh, now we're getting interesting. And we do have the eight, which does block the nuts. Yeah. That, now we might be able no, to No, no, we out. don't have the eight. Damn it. We have the nine. Yeah. We don't have Steven, anything that blocks Steven has anything. The eight. Right. Um, that is interesting. Now we could probably fold out a deuce or a four if we bet four million. Maybe even a six sometimes. Yeah. You know, maybe 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 even a seven hates it enough to fold. Like he's going to think about it for a really long time. A seven probably bets the river anyway for value. Yeah. I really like if we're going to bet. I like sizing it up to like four million into this two and a half million dollars. I do too. I think that's better than what Alan does. Yes. Which is bet two million. That feels like a kind of a big mistake, and almost no good can come out of this betting two million. Maybe we can fold out King High. That's it. He might fold out us. Well, he's not going to. We know this because it's a breakdown hand. And we would never have done this hand for a breakdown hand. What were you say? He fold, might fold out what? A slightly Stevens worse hand. hand. A slightly worse hand. Yeah, Queen Eight. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that there, there's no value there. Yeah. Um, 
But of course, Steven's not going to fold. Because it's, you know, a breakdown hand. All right. I'm just going to say what happens, and then we'll discuss He it. raises. <laughs> he raises to $8 million. Yeah. So I have some questions Woo-wee. about this. Sexy. Is he repping anything? What is he repping? I mean, I think he's repping 5-8. He's repping that he rivered the straight. Yeah. He, you think he'd often bet flop or turn. Turn is a double gutter. Yeah. Now, maybe he's check-raising that turn sometimes with 5-8, but he's often betting it, right? He's usually betting the flop, honestly, with the 5 in his hand anyway. Certainly, if he's got 5-8 and he turns the 7, he's almost always betting the hand when it goes check-check, right? Well, maybe part of why Steven is raising is because Alon did not bet the turn. And if Alon had 5-8, you would have expected Alon to bet the flop or the turn with 5-8. Mm-hmm. So, and he blocks 5-8 He has well. the 8 in his hand. I think that's a big part so that, of this. that helps. So he's like, well, you really almost never have 5-8, and I block it. So good luck calling me with your 7, buddy. Yeah, you know, like yeah, like I'm gonna put you kind of in hell now. Yeah, or your six or whatever enjoy. it is. Enjoy. Yeah, I think it's basically that. Steven's putting Alon on probably a six. Is my guess. He's thinking he has a six most likely because that's the card that was rivered. Mm. Yeah. Um, he's like, all right, are you really gonna call eight million with a six? Probably not. Also, I mean, I guess you could have a four and finally be betting it too. That'd be the only other thing, right? Yeah. But um, those are not those are cards you're mostly gonna fold. I think when you get check raised here to eight million, right? Do you think the story is good enough? Or do you think it matters if the story is good enough? I don't know if it matters. I mean, Steven is putting in like a third of a stack almost. Yeah. That's like kind of a lot, man. Like when this is a nothing pot, he doesn't need to do this. Yeah. I don't know if the story is great, but I don't know that it, I, don't, I think it mostly doesn't matter. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. I agree. But Alon doesn't like the story because he does not fold right away. He's thinking about this. So, I mean, I guess there's the obvious move, which is we could just jam it and pray. Yeah, we could. That seems a little... Is there anything to think about here, or should we just be folding the hand immediately as Alon? We have queen nine, ace, my, deuce, four, seven, six. My, my thought is we should just be folding right away. Yeah. I don't really know what... Even if we want to bluff catch, how can we bluff catch with this hand? This is the wrong hand to bluff catch with, right? Like... What if our opponent, in this case, Steven Song, has king five or king eight and is making this play? He happens to have queen eight. Yeah. But I believe he probably would have done the same thing with king eight or king five. Yep. Is my guess. So that's bad. What if he had deuce five or deuce eight and is making the same play? Because he's like, I don't know if a deuce is good here. Yeah. I'm going to get a six to fold. Yep. Because it looks a lot like a six. Yeah. Right? It does. So Alon should recognize that it looks a lot like he has a six and that... Yeah, sure. That means that maybe there's a lot of bluffs. So shoving is an option, um, but that's not what Alon does. <laughs> right. Alon, I mean, shoving, shoving feels crazy. It does. It does feel... Like, by the way, you definitely don't need to shove. You can just click it back. Right, and, right. Like, don't shove. Like, yeah, I It's agree. a polarized spot, yeah. Alon calls. Alon calls with queen nine high so correctly. Let's, let's discuss. He, he pips him. How, how does queen nine pip queen eight... In, in an ace-deuce-four-seven-six board. Well, here's, here's one answer. Um, when the play is being made, when, if it's a bluff anyway, he generally is going to have a five or eight in his hand, right? Yeah. So that's good. If, if, you know, if he's got a king with it or a pair with it, we're, we're screwed. But if, he doesn't, but if he feels the need to bluff, maybe he's not going to bluff any pair. Maybe he doesn't even need to bluff king high. We have to really talk ourselves into this. I'm really yeah. working hard here. Yeah. Like, he decides king high is, is, is callable enough or something, or maybe that's the, that's the part he folds. That's the part of his range he folds. Um, 
and then all the other bluffs we can beat because we have queen nine and he's got to have a five or eight in his hand. I mean, this is really stretching. I mean, that's it. pretty good, actually, because you might think that Stephen would have called with king high. You know, he like with all of his king highs, if he plays it this way to the river, he's mostly just going to call. Or fold. Yeah. But if he has king five or king eight specifically, he might not, right? That's the problem. He may be like, oh, this is the part of my king high range that I turn into a bluff. Maybe he doesn't do it with king eight and king five, though. Maybe he just does it with weaker fives and eights because king eight and king uh, five have enough showdown value to call. Maybe. Maybe. So, maybe. So if you use all of that convoluted logic and put it together, and then you can say, well, all of his fives and eights, uh, you know, they're weaker than, than queen nine because he has to have an eight or a five in there and he doesn't have king high. Right. That's that's how you get there. That's how you I mean, you really have to get there. But of course, we're losing all value. And if there's any part of Stephen's song that we're wrong about here, i.e. he's turning bottom pair into a bluff. He's turning king high into a bluff because he, he determines they're not good enough to call. He doesn't have to have a five or an eight to bluff. Maybe like we're, we've been talking about, like right. he's only bluffing if he has a five or an eight. What if he bluffs with other things? What too? if he bluffs with a three because he blocks three five? Yeah. What if he blocks with? What if he just bluffs with a deuce because he's like, well, I have bottom pair that blocks some two pair combos. I don't know. It's hard for him to call. Yeah, he has a six all the time, right? I'm gonna bluff him off of the six. Right. Like, yeah. It's harder for him to have six deuce because I've got a deuce in my hand. I don't know. So it's fun to have that convoluted logic and think this is a super above the rim play, but I really think that Alon just went way too deep into the distribution to make a call yeah. when Steven's story didn't really add up to him. He yeah. was like, wouldn't you have bet along the way at some point if you had a really strong hand that is now a strong hand on the river? Either, I guess you could have rivered two pair and going for thin value, but that seems a little bit less likely. So It's possible. Still, you're just like, you have so many better hands in your distribution as oh Alon. You, you have, certainly you have uh, all of the combos that contain a six. How are, about like six, eight, six, five? Those are like the most obvious calls, yeah. right? Um, you have some two pair stuff, like you're saying. You have like six four maybe sometimes, yeah. um, and you may have some actual good hands. You may actually have five eight, and I mean you're usually betting five eight on the turn is the thing. This is maybe why both of them get to where they get to with this. Is like yeah. if you had a really strong hand, wouldn't you have bet, like a really strong draw? Wouldn't you bet that on the turn though, bro? Yeah. So how can you rep that? Yeah. And they're both sort of saying that to each other, like, well, if you don't have a strong hand, I can get you off of the other guy. And then Alan's like, well, how how can you actually have a strong hand here? Because you would have bet it on the turn. Bro. Yeah, but he just you can't. Reach this deep down in the distribution. This is so far call. down. I mean, he's really lucky to win this pot, yeah. basically. He is. But he does. How does the, the thing turn out for these guys? Well, it sort of goes the way I think we would hope it went based on our analysis just now. And that Alon actually finishes fourth, even though he wins wow. this pot. Yep. Uh, for 265000 Steven Song ends up winning the whole thing. Wow. For $712,650, even though... He's down to something like 18 million or something. Yeah, 20-ish 20, right? bigs. Yeah. Wow. Um, he still finds a W when all is said and done. Wow, good for him. Yeah. Interesting hand. And, uh, you know, it's cool that Steven got to, to win anyway because he seems to have made plays that maybe were unnecessary but made more sense than what Alon did. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic and I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life and I took a minor break but I'm back to claim the throne and gonna be traveling the globe and still have time to make it home.